It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade. Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gilbert, and joining me today is a very special guest. She needs no introduction, but I'm going to give her one anyway. The former former host of Broad Street, the great Broad Street Hockey Radio, the current uh, director of hockey operations for the Daytona Beach Anglers of the Tropical Hockey League. It's Steph Driver. Uh, how are we doing, Steph? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Ryan? RG Tree? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I still have you in my phone as RG Tree, and it gets really confusing if I'm looking to text you. I'm like, where is his name? Where is his name? I don't know. RG Tree. What, what a time. Almost a, almost a decade now. We're, we're, we're getting getting very old. I It hurts my feelings when you say that. We were, Ed and I were talking about how we met, and because Ed and I have been friends for as long as you and I have been friends, really. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the Broad Street Hockey Meetup with Risky Brisness. Yes, <laughs> Risky Brisness. That's Bris- who what, you were what, at that time. What a time that was! That that's still my their, that picture of Briz is still my uh, Slack picture in the Broad Street Hockey Slack. I, I can never give Stunning. it up. Can never it's give it up. Yeah. No, th- those were good. T- I, I I left out the most important part of your introduction. A, a co-founder of Sons of Penn. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Go back that we, far. We go way way back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I know, Steph, you really haven't been in the Flyers Twitter world, if there is still a Flyers Twitter world world now that it's X and whatnot. But, yeah, you haven't really made your – had any opinions on on this team out in the ether, which which it's kind of odd. You're not, you're not having opinions on this team. So I feel like that's something we'll, we'll get into as the show goes along. But, yeah, what, just your uh, – what's your general – your general vibe around the Flyers right now? You know, it, it's they came into the season. They weren't expected to do anything. They're being they're in a playoff race, they're in a playoff spot right now with a third of the season left. So how are you feeling? A lot better than I thought I would be. I I've been so impressed with this group of kids. Um, so like of course, the the elephant in the room is Carter Hart, the situation with Carter Hart, the charges against Carter Hart, him leaving the team. Um if You've listened to any of the shows that I've done in the last two years. I've been warning you that this was coming. I've been as as careful as I could be, but warning you that this was coming. And that whole situation has really been why I've kind of disconnected from hockey. Um, because I think it's disgusting. And I understand that the NHL itself was limited. Its hands were tied because this was a police matter. I get it. Also an international matter because these are Canadians in America. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, But I think overall the way that this team, and I just went all over the place as I do, 
um, the way that this team has banded together and really just kind of said, we're, we're in it and we're doing it and we're a bunch of bros. Like the, the whole himbo Phillies method seems to be working for them right now. And I'm really into it. I'm really into it. And I'm glad that something of this caliber, so serious caliber didn't bring down the entire team because it definitely had, it had the markings to do so. Um, and I think in past years it absolutely would have, but like, they're just, they're having so much fun together. They're having so much fun together. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously tough to talk about the heart situation and also talk about like how fun it is to watch the flyers. But yeah, it, it, it was definitely a thing that could make you disconnect with everything going on with heart, everything going on the past few seasons, the flyers not having the best eggs on their team and those people making it known. And those people being two of the, two of the first players that uh, Danny Breer came in and traded and, and kind of set this whole culture in, in order here. And yeah, I mean, you said it, these are, these are kids banding together. That's the thing. Like, the oldest players are Couturier, who's here for a while, and Kim Atkinson, who's just here for a few more years. And you got, I mean, Konechny, Farabee, Tippett, uh, Sandheim still 27, Frost Forster, all these young guys. I, I think also bringing in Jamie Drysdale to that definitely helped out the thing. Because, like, Cutter Gauthier was, was in college. Maybe he'll come up at the end Ooh. of the year or, or, or next year. But, like... Adding someone like Drysdale, who's immediately connecting with all these young guys, growing together, is a fantastic thing. Not to mention that he's, you know, plays one of the most important positions on the ice. He can be a top defenseman. He can be a top right-handed defenseman, which are definitely hard to find. Um, did you see what John Tortorella said recently uh, he would do about if regarding uh, Cam York and Jamie Drysdale? Did I did I hear something about wedding pants? He did. He he, he said that if uh, he heard about them talking about hockey off the ice, he would he would wet his pants. So, I, and oh, stunning! That, He's got some Tortor- pants feelings. Yes, <laughs> we we all have some pants feelings sometimes uh, about these flyers, especially especially uh, this year. And I think that that's a big thing. Is Torts has been much more obviously it helps when you're winning and you're having fun, but he's been much more open with the media. He's been open with players. He's been much more transparent. And I think everyone's seeing that there's been a huge turnaround on John Tortorella. Like I know I talked about this with Kelly and Joe last week. Like we hated when kind of hated the Tortorella hire, especially for a rebuilding team. We were like, Oh, Travis connecting is not going to be here under him. They're going to have to trade him away, but Konechny's really thrived. We've seen just line and take a step forward. Sanheim as well. Like Tortorella, Tortorella went from the guy who hated the Michigan when Zegers did it to, you know, joking about it when, when asked about it earlier this week when Farabee tried it. So I think Tortorella is kind of, it's kind of amazing how Tortorella has had this turnaround himself and kind of the whole fan base has as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest problem that I always had with Tortorella was he was too good of a coach for the team that was on ice at the time. Like when they brought him in, he was never going to, coach poorly enough to let the Flyers really tank the way that they needed to if they were going to get good quickly through the lottery. And I think that that's still true. Like, he's definitely coaching them up from their skill level, but I don't think that's a bad thing anymore. Um, And it's – the question, I think the the next question on your list is to tank or not to tank – Um, and that's been the question, that's been the question of the season. And I went into this year 
for the first few months of this year, being absolutely furious that they were winning, that they were doing well on the ice, that they were having, I was furious because this was a team that needed to lose and lose spectacularly to do well moving forward. And then, and then everything just became a little bit more fun. And I stopped taking, you know, you know, what happens is you take the sport way too seriously and you get crazy about some stuff. I've got a little crazy about some stuff and I've just decided like, yes, they should be tanking for the long-term health of this franchise. They should be tanking, but I'm having more fun now with what, whatever it is that they want to call what they're doing than I would be if they were tanking. Yeah, and I, I think it helps that we've seen a, a kind of a tank job with Hextall just go completely tits up with all the draft picks either getting unlucky or not panning out, even when they, they did get the luck to move up to two and draft Patrick. So like we see what happens when you do tank and it's not fun oh during gosh. that. And then afterwards, it's still not fun because they bring in someone like Chuck Fletcher to try, try to get a, a retool and win now and it just sets them back a few years. So like, yeah, ha- have some fun. Ha- have some fun and, and do if if they're winning, enjoy it. Like I, I, I do understand the people that are like, oh, I want the Flyers to lose. I want the, I want to get the best draft pick possible. But you know, the hockey gods do weird things. You know, maybe the Flyers are miss the playoffs and move up to move up a few spots again. Like, and yeah, it's important to figure out which players are going to be a part of the rebuild moving forward. If Konechny can be like the next, Konechny looks like a, a lifetime flyer right now. It looks like he just I... spend them eight years and and take it. My dude, I've I've been on his side forever. Ever since yes. they drafted him, my first impression of Travis Konechny was his name being called at the draft and he was chewing gum, took it out of his mouth and put it into his mother's hand. Like that was my first <laughs> impression of Travis Konechny. And I've just been obsessed ever since. Like that's that's our dude. That's our guy. He has been a flyer through and through. And I've been thinking a lot recently about um and this is this is just telling you like how deep the brain worms are because this is not something anyone else is talking about or thinking about but when Konechny and Provorov had their season debuts their NHL debuts I didn't think that Hextall was going to let Konechny stay up with the big club I thought it was just going to be Provorov that year um I think that was peak Sons of Penn year too. It was. I, I was. I was. I remember anytime Konechny would score a goal, which seemed to be like every, I'm in the OHL. I'm saying like every, anytime he had he had a nice night, I would, I would do the highlights and, and do a blog up there. So I was always heavy on the Konechny train as well. Yeah, yeah. That was that was peak Sons of Penn. Peak, uh, peak uh, Dave Dave Hackstall, who's now finding success in, in Seattle sometime. But yeah, that was that was like the, the exciting times of of the rebuild. And then you realized, oh, this is this isn't going to work. And then, and then we've watched Konechny go for years, just he's regressing. No, he's having a career year, but he's regressing again. Just the ebbs and flows of what happens when you're a scorer. Like we're actually seeing it happen in real time with Travis Konechny. This is what we mean. Scorers are streaky. He's perfect. He's exactly what Philadelphia has needed for so long. And I was so upset when they were talking about trading him, but it looks like he's here for the long haul. You're right. I I hope so. I mean, I, I see the argument to trade him. Like I, I love Konechny. One of my, one of my cats is named Teeks. Like he's one, one of my favorite players. And like, 
but like he's also the probably the Flyers' best asset, best asset right now. So if you can trade him and get a haul for him, it makes sense, you know, hockey wise, business wise. But also, he's someone you can definitely build around, and you know, he's someone that probably can help bring players to Philadelphia, make this a destination, which is something that Tortorella has has talked about doing. And Kevin I, Hayes would never. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but, but, but but yeah, I I think the thing with Tortorella as well is, is, you know, how he's kind of turned around is I think they wanted to give him a chance of kind of having some front office power, which he kind of does now. I think he makes decisions with Briere and and Jones and the triumvirate or or whatever there. So I think (laughs) that, that definitely helped bring him on board. Like, okay, he's probably too good to, to let this team actually tank. The roster is probably too good to actually tank anyway, especially if they did have a number one goaltender for the entire season, which they might with Sam Merson now. He's been he's been good, but yeah, he's it's, been so good. He he has been really good. He, he's had, he's had a few bad starts, but like outside of that, like eighty percent of his starts have been decent, if not great. Yeah, yeah. I've been so, really impressed with Urson. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you're you're were obviously and are uh, I'm assuming a, a big Braden Shen fan. Um. Do you have any current thoughts on on Morgan Frost? Uh. The, obviously the return in the in the in the in that trade for him. He's also has been up and down. Um. So yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on Frost. <laughs> I've been calling Morgan Frost a bust since the <laughs> days that I still thought Scott Lawton was a bust, and we're talking. And this has mm. been probably since he was drafted. Um, I just don't think that he's ever going to reach the potential that he had at the draft. He's, a, a he's proven, and I'll say this, like I've, I, I am taking a bit of a hit here. He's proven he's an NHL player. I mm. did not think that he was at the start of the season, but he's proven me wrong and that's fine. He belongs in the NHL. Okay, but how good is he really, Ryan? How how good is he? Third third line guy or over the past two yeah. seasons, he has 68 points in 120 games, like a little bit over half a point per game, like 40 to 50 point third line center, but I think yeah, he needs to do something like Lawton did where Lawton was a first round pick. He looked like he was going to, you know, leave the franchise, Hextall sent him down to the AHL and and Lawton worked on his game. And Frost did appear to do that after the the healthy scratch, and went, he went to Tortorella and like got the message there. But, but yeah, it's uh, Morgan Frost. He the thing is, the Flyers don't have many young centers, and, and Morgan Frost yeah. is one of them that you think has the potential because he showed that scoring in juniors. But like, I would almost rather have Noah Cates on the roster over Morgan Frost right now. Cates is much more responsible uh, two way. Um, they also have a few more young guys coming up, like. Frost, I like. I don't want to see them trade him without getting back a comparable player, like a change of scenery, maybe to Ottawa we've been talking about. But yeah, for now, I like what he's, the chemistry he's found with Joel Farabee on the second line now. I think they're playing with maybe Tippett on the, on that first, on that second line, but I, I'm not sure. But yeah, Frost and Farabee seem like they could be, you know, they, they were battling for a roster spot five, four or five years ago. And Farabee won that out and Frost had to work his way up through the AHL. And now they're playing together. And, and, you know, hopefully Morgan Frost finds his game in this recent stretch is more of what he is than, you know, just a, just a hot streak, but looking at, he hasn't had a point in three straight games, only two points in his past five games, but that's what, that's what, that's what we said about connecting. Like that's what scorers, that's what offensive players are. And the most important thing I think is that 
he's been noticeable in his own zone and he's been noticeable back checking. He's forced turnovers in the offensive zone to create chances. So he's not getting the points, but you know, you almost don't necessarily need to see the points from frost as long as he's making that, that much of an impact. And I think that for most of his career, there's been the question, can he make that impact? And we're seeing he can now, is it because he's surrounded by more talented players? Probably, but who who can really say? I've been I've been a Joel Farabee. You mentioned two names, Joel Farabee, Noah Cates. I've been ride or die for both of them since they were both drafted. Noah Cates first, obviously. Um, I'm saying that, but I don't actually know. All of the years kind of blend together. Yeah, I, no, Farabee was first. Cates was later. That that was, and then Cates came up during the time when I was kind of taking off from caring about the Flyers night in and night out. But yeah, I, like even last year, like he he got votes for for the Selkie. Like he's been he's been yeah. solid. He's really good. I've I've always liked Noah Cates. Every time that I saw him at a dev camp at a, at a rookie camp, um, I've been a big fan of him. I've I've taken to making sure that all of my pets know that Joel Farabee is their brother. When he's on TV, <laughs> Joel Farabee's my son. Um, not actually. I don't know if if the people listening to this know my old and stale jokes, but they're old and stale, and I've been doing the same jokes for ten years. But they still work. Large adult sons. You, 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 my yeah, large if, adult if son, them, Joel Farabee. Yeah. yeah, Joel Farabee. You know who I want to talk about, and by that I mean I want you to talk about him. <laughs> Tyson Forrester. Tell me about my dude, Tyson Forrester. Tyson Forster, I I like what what we're seeing out of him, and I think the fact that he stayed up early in the year when he wasn't scoring and received high praise from Tortorella for for his two, for his two way game for going into battles and winning those battles. I know they mentioned that like by by their tracking or by the private tracking, like he he's one of the best in winning those battles. So I think he's somebody that I mean. I think Kelly may have brought it up like a, a Couturier comparison where like, okay, it's going to start off slow and then grow. But I think he's an NHL player. He has a potential to be a top line player if he can get that scoring in the NHL. But at the very least, he's a third line guy on, on, a, on a contender possibly right now. Like Tyson Forster, I think was a great draft pick that that is one of the things Chuck Fletcher did. Okay. At was, was drafting those first round picks, getting Cam York, getting, getting those guys, yeah, uh, is, is Tyson Forrester another one of your uh, potential sons up, upcoming? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he was my COVID son because we weren't able to watch a whole lot of video on him when he was drafted. It was it was, I think the first draft that was all remote from home, so everyone was just in their kitchens. Um, yeah, Tyson Forrester. Tyson Forrester's a guy that I'm keeping a close eye on. Because I want to see what he is. I, I don't really know those COVID draft picks the way that I know the ones before and after. So I'm I'm very curious to see what Forrester turns into. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tortorella seems to like him. He seems to be a, be a solid winger. He seems like he can he can play on the left wing too as a right hand shot, which is important because the Flyers have have a bunch of of right wings there, especially with connecting at the top. So I think you know Forrester has 20 points in 50 games, nine goals. Shooting 8.6%, so you do expect that to come up a little bit based on his, his skill level. 
yeah, I, you had two goals uh, against Boston. The only two goals in that game for the Flyers. I think one of at least one of them was a was a was a pretty one there. So, yeah, Forster's been been someone that I think the Flyers can definitely build around. And then uh, also from that draft, I'm realizing now in the second or no, the Cam York draft, they got Bobby Brink. Bobby Brink has been someone that I, I've been a huge fan of. You know, I, I liked him at the World Juniors last year with Team USA. He was a People didn't really expect him to, to make the roster, but he's that, that type of guy that hardworking, grinded out, can play all situations. He, he got sent back down to the AHL. You know, he was kind of trailing off a bit, which which is a little bit understandable given you know his size and workload. But I think you know between Brink, Forster, Tippett, Konechny, um, Cates, like these young guys, the Flyers have to figure out okay, who do we want to build around, and then who can we trade to get the pieces that we need? Because the Flyers still need the number one center. It's hard to get those in free agency because you have to completely overpay for them, as we saw with with Kevin Hayes and we've seen over the years. But if they can, like, you know, do I keep saying like like this video game trade, trade like three middle six wingers for a top line center to, to a team that that need that needs depth. Is Couturier no longer the one C? Couturier is the one C, but he, he you can't be a one he can't be a one C on, on a cup contender. I'm saying I'm saying like looking looking three years ahead, like when when Mitchkov yeah, yeah, is yeah. ready to come over, like you need you need a, a good center to play with him. Got it. And, okay. and so Forster, we're at the future and, of one C. Yep. Yeah, and we've talked about this in the Broad Street Hockey Slack and Discord. Like Forster played center uh, in in juniors. Forster could be could end up being that guy, especially if the scoring maybe doesn't come around. Maybe he they do move him to to center to see if that two way game takes off there, or if the offense does come around, move him to center center at the same time, and he can be he can be that guy. Yeah, I I think that they've got some flexibility, but you're totally right. They need they need that one C that they've never had. They you know, for a while with Giroux, but then he got old, then he got hurt, then he became a winger again. Like, it was just everything, everything fell apart. Uh, they've never had the 1C. They've never had the 1D that they need to to really succeed. Do you think that they could with the guys that they have now? I think right now they have a good stable of defensemen who, I mean, York looks like he can be a top pair guy, Drysdale, Sanheim kind of looks like he might be able to turn into that, but I I think they might end up trading him after looking to deal him last year. But yeah, between those two, uh, Oliver Bonk has been bonkers in in the OHL. He's leading leading the team in scoring there. Like hopefully he gets a chance probably in two years or so. You don't want to rush him too much, but yeah, the Flyers are, are building through the back end. I mean, goaltending is going to be the issue now as it tends to be in Philadelphia, but they have Kolosov. They have, they drafted two guys and I think the second and third round last year. So yeah, yeah, they've, they've done a great job, you know, building through the back end with Danny Breer taking over and yeah. Who would have thought, who would have thought Danny Breer and Keith Jones, like they're, we know them. We know them as personalities. We know them as former players, but who would have thought that those were the two guys that, Coming in, working together would have really turned the ship around quickly. I yeah, wouldn't have it, thought. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Like, like uh, during the bye week, I was going to do an article like, okay, what is Danny Briere's worst move as a, as a Flyers GM bit? But, like, there isn't anything that's been bad. Like, the Mark Stahl signing kind of had some risk in case he would play over the kids, but he's been the odd man out. And Tortorella has said, like, yeah, he's going to just be here to be a mentor. He can fill in when he has to, but he doesn't necessarily need to play all of his contracts have been great. He just locked up Tippett. 
Uh, Ryan Ryan Paling, I, I really enjoy. He came out of nowhere as a great signing. That he signed a two year deal. He's a great fourth line center as well. So, yeah, Briere Briere and Jones have both been great. And we made fun of them when they brought Jones in. We're like, okay, yeah, just go, go go down go down to the broadcast booth, bring them in. But like, and it's always scary when, when they bring in fan favorites as a GM, especially for the Flyers. Who you know we've seen that with Bob Clark, we've seen it with Ron Hextall. Like Danny Briere is a fan favorite almost across generations. He was a big part of the 2010 team uh, played through 2012 or so. I want to say with the flyers being, being bought out, but yeah, at any time you get fan favorites in there, like, okay, I, I love this guy, but hopefully I don't have to hate him. And it is yeah. still early. It's not even a, not even a full year yet, but it's looking really good. It's looking really good so far. And I, I just like you, I'm hesitant because we saw what happened with the last fan favorite. We, we lived through the Ron Hextall era and it was brutal. I can't, I cannot imagine going through that again, but with Danny Breer, like that would just, that would crush me. Yeah, that, and I mean, obviously something could happen where it, where it goes, goes south, but like it would have to take a lot because like, it seems like, Going back to the the Gautier situation, just how much respect they have around the league when that that was pretty much known for six months, eight months before anything came out about it, and no one leaked anything. Like these these reporters love to leak something out, and and there's nothing, nothing, nothing. And Cutter Gautier, I know that this has been talked to death, but I will never get over the fact that he just ghosted the entire front office, everyone, everyone related to the flyers. He was just like, nah, bro. That's why they need more women in the front office because we've all been ghosted by little <laughs> shitty 18 year olds. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no one knows better than, than, than you. No, no one knows. Better than, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Like, like how, how are you not going to like, didn't it wasn't like Leclerc and Sharp went yeah. to like over to overseas during World Juniors to try to talk to him and like he was he just didn't show up. Like I understand you were drafted by Fletcher, you wanted to just be signed last year. It it didn't happen, but like this, this is a completely new regime. They they Let went them out buy you yeah. dinner at least. Yeah, get a free meal out of it. Like that that's that's amateur hour for anyone on the on those apps out there. Like yeah, get a, get a get a free meal, you know, talk with some hockey legends and let them sell you on on playing with Michkov in a few years. Like I, I thought, like if I was Gautier and I, I was ghosting or just cold shouldering the Flyers when they made that move for Michkov, I'd be like, okay, you know, this this looks like it could be going somewhere. And like seeing how well they're, well they're they're doing, maybe he was just in a bit too deep and didn't want to flip flop. But like, <laughs> it wasn't public. No one really knew outside of a select number of, of GMs and, and hockey folks. Like. You had time. Like, don't don't let don't, don't let a decision when you're a dumb ch- dumb kid in college affect the rest of your life and career as it did. Because Anaheim, so Anaheim's funny. not going anywhere. Anaheim's not going anywhere. No. Oh God, it's so funny. I if it were to happen to any team other than the Flyers, I don't think it would be as funny. But because it was the Flyers, because it was this guy named Cutter, which isn't even his real name. His real name's William, right? William, yes. yes. William. William. I, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I. This is the best. This is the best hockey story of the year, I think. 
It, it, it really was. It, it did take over the hockey world for, for quite a bit. Uh, I, think, I think it was about a month ago at this point. But yeah, I mean, that was also a great job by Briere to get back Jamie Drysdale and yeah. a pick for him, right? I think they got like a second round pick or something. They got back. That sounds, I, I think another, it's uh, 2025. I think it's a while away. That's a fake year. That, that's next year. It's not a while. <laughs> it's, it, it just, it's in it just a timeline like where we no longer exist. Yes. 2025 yeah, is next year. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, second round pick. Like you, you don't trade a, a fifth overall pick often, but if you can get back a, a sixth overall pick from the previous year for him at a better position, like you do that. And Drysdale likely won it out of Anaheim, given the given how, you know, Verbeek treated him. And I think Zegers, they didn't even have contracts until October, right before the season started. Like, so it makes sense that they want, they wanted, wanted out. Zegers wants out now. I don't know how he would do in Philadelphia, but I could see Briere making a swing for that. But I, I don't know if Let's John Tortorella make a move could, there. Could, could go gem. Yeah, that could be, be the one super fun. I... I would be very hesitant and interested to see how Tortorella coached Seacrest. It it would be fascinating to watch live. It, yeah, imagine just like like Zegers and Farabee and Konechny and like you said, all, all these like twenty something himbos just on the bench. Just have they're going to start if, wearing if, overalls just like the Phillies. Yes, please, please love the overalls. Yeah, love the overalls. Um, are you still in love with uh, with Chicky? Did you watch the the video of Gavin Giroux at, at the Senators' uh, skills thing with the GoPro on? I did not, but the answer oh. to that is always yes. I am always in love with Jacob Chikrin. I always want him to be in Philadelphia in the orange and black. What did he do with Gavin? Was it the cutest thing ever? Well, G- Gavin had had the GoPro on. He was a kept, kept asking Claude, like, oh, are you going to skate with me wherever I go, Dad? And he's like, yeah, I'll skate with you. And then he goes out on the ice and he's asking the players, like, where's Chicky? Do you know where Chicky's at? Dad, where's Chicky? Oh, my gosh. It was, oh my gosh. It was, it was adorable. It was, I think they tweeted it. It's on YouTube. Like, it's all over. You definitely got to check that out. This is the problem with Twitter no longer existing the way that it did three years ago. I don't see any of this stuff. It's in Slack, isn't it? It's in our Slack. Um, I think uh, I think Stove put a screenshot of it. I, I put it in Slack yesterday too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I missed it. I will go back yeah. and find it. I think that, that just like my gut feeling forever that Travis Konechny was a flyer. Jacob Schickerin is a flyer. His dad was a flyer, also a Penguin, but we forgive that. But Jacob Chikrin grew up in the Philly area. His trainers are in the Philly area. He he gets rehab in the Philly area, the King of Prussia, but you know, same thing. Yeah. Like he belongs in Philly. He's a good defenseman. We need a good defenseman. Just bring him home. Just bring him home. This one's easy. easy. Yeah, and the set the Senators have to do something to, to shake that up. They have three left-handed defensemen, including Chikrin, Thomas Jabot, uh Jake Sanderson is 21, so that you know, they just locked him up for until 2032 for 8 million. Chikrin is a free agent in two years at 4.6 million. That's a very reasonable contract. I yeah. just wonder if, if he fits the Flyers timeline, you know, maybe the Flyers move someone like, like Sanheim or Risto to, I guess Risto would make more sense because he's right-handed and maybe plays more of a, the professional style that, that Ottawa wanted to get. But yeah, Ottawa has Pinto. They have all these other guys that I think, 
I really want Danny Briere to, to fleece them somehow for somebody. And getting Chikrin, if they can get Chikrin for like, give him like Frost, give him Ristolainen, give him some other young young asset for, for, for Chikrin and like a forward, I would be all over that. And he's still young. He's, I think he'll be 26 this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 26 in um, March. But that's, that's still young. His injury history, yes, concerning. But on a team that's air quotes rebuilding, he might not have to pay play super hard minutes anyway. He played really hard minutes in Arizona because they had no one. They had nobody mm-hmm. else. The team was Jacob Chikrin, Kelton Clayer. Kel- try that again. <laughs> I don't know if I can because all I've got all I've got in my head is Kelton Clayer. That's great. Um, that's all they had in Arizona. So he played hard minutes. He paid, played long games. Now, if we could bring him into Philadelphia and not have him play those hard minutes, that would be cool. I think they would be a great spot for him. Yeah. And I think play. that Risto makes sense as being the guy out if they were to bring in Chikrin, um, because he's the odd man out anyway. Sandheim's still young. Risto, I mean, Risto's young too, but he's just not good. Rist, yeah, Risto's 29, Sanheim's 28 in March. So like, yeah, yeah, Sanheim is going to be be the veteran of the group. But yeah, Chikrin, I think getting him, he can play both sides like Sanheim. You know, they'll probably end up, I guess Chikrin probably has, has a higher ceiling than Sanheim does, but they're both probably ideally second pair guys on a Stanley Cup team, maybe, maybe first pair with, with the right partner there. But yeah, I think the Flyers, they... The issue with trading Risto Island is that like it's hard to find right-handed defensemen. Like they have Drysdale now, they're going to trade Walker. I don't think any of their top defensive prospects are right-handed. Maybe Bonk is. Um, let me look up a picture of Bonk. Which way is he shooting? Bonk is right-handed, so that that that's that's good to have have him coming up. You got Drysdale, Bonk, and then whoever else on the third pair. You know, yeah, that that could work. I, I think that could definitely be a uh, something they pursue in the offseason. Danny, call him up. Let's get this done. Yeah. yeah. Someone else. Yeah. Uh, mentioning Ristolainen, uh, Elliot Friedman wrote in 32 thoughts, I think last night that um, the Flyers were, there were teams interested in uh, Risto. The stock is up, but his contract is tricky. And then uh, Anthony DeMarco tweeted today that, you know, some teams might be interested at like a 3.5 million, which the Flyers would, you know, would retain a little bit. But if you can get out from that contract, I think Ristolainen is going to come back crashing down to earth at some point. He's been good on the Tortorella, but if you can trade him for, you know, a younger defenseman, a younger asset, I, I said in the Slack when, when Thomas put in there, like he said, the, the Canucks could be a team to go for him. Yeah. Send Risto Ooh. to the Canucks, get back Tyler Myers and his contract that expires and yeah. And, and go from there. I think Ristolainen is somebody, it, it, the, the tricky thing is trading these longer contracts in season, like yeah. with the cap and with like, it's just so much easier in the off season when teams are trying to reorganize everything and get their rosters set up. And they have so many months to do so rather than so many weeks or days, even depending leading up to, to the deadline. Yeah. Um, yeah. Scott Lawton is another guy like that. He has two more years at $3 million uh, cap hit. People did not like the the extension when he signed it. I feel like the Flyers probably should have traded him then. They maybe maybe should have traded him at the, the draft last year. I think they got offered two first round picks, someone reported, but much more likely one first round pick to get. I think that is still still the, the the price for him probably, and he popped up today on TSN's trade bait board as the number four player. He wasn't on it oh. last week, 
And now he's number four after uh, Lindholm got traded, Monaghan got traded. So the center market is very shallow. Adam Henrique is the only center above him. So, and, and that I brings didn't know up Adam to- Henrique was still playing. Is he out? Is he in Anaheim? He is in Anaheim. Yes, apparently, apparently the uh, the Rangers are, are, were looking on him. But did you see this thing that uh, James Dolan doesn't want to trade their first round pick because he owns the the sphere in Vegas where the uh, draft is? No, I didn't see that. Is that real? That was reported, I believe, but by Dreger. A little. Uh, apparently, they, they didn't want to give up the first round pick in a deal for for Lindholm. So that that could be something that that is real. It, it would not surprise me. That's amazing. No, yeah. I I fully believe that that's that's canon now. He doesn't yeah, want to trade yeah. the first round pick because he owns the, yep, the sphere. Yeah, yeah. but but the topic of, of trading Lawton like comes back to like okay. Trading Lawton, if you can get a first-round pick for him, you would definitely do it just a- as a hockey player. But you look at Lawton, look what he does for the for the community, the LGBTQ plus community. You love that, the Pride Night stuff. He's the de facto captain at this point. He's one of the only guys that wears the A. He takes the ceremonial face-offs when there's, when there's that type of stuff. He's a great guy in the locker room. But as we mentioned, the Flyers have a lot of good, young, up-and-coming guys that I think could take over as leaders. Obviously, Konechny, if he sticks around, you know, Farabee is seems to be the, the leader of the himbos. He has, like, his house that people are staying at there. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, so if, if So if you were director of hockey operations for the Flyers instead of for, for the Anglers, what would you think about yes. trading Lawton uh, this season? So I would be doing a lot of analysis, hashtag analysis, um, because I think what Scott Lawton brings to the table is more than what he brings to the ice. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a lot of that. He's he's the de facto captain. He has been around this team through thick and thin. He has seen it all. And the, he wears it on his face. The man has seen some shit, and you can tell. Um, and I think his contract is reasonable enough that you don't need to get rid of him. I think emotionally I would not trade him because I think that he's, he brings more to the team, to the locker room. Like he brought the Squirtle song. He, he, he means more to the team and to the locker room, to the dudes than just his play on the ice. I would keep him. But I understand if you're going to get a first round pick for Scott Lawton in no universe until this year, would we have thought that was possible to get a yeah. first round pick for for Scott Lawton? He's he's a good player. He can play up and down the lineup, but an averaging third line, third line center, you don't expect to get a first round pick for him. But if he yeah, can, I- you've got to do it. Absolutely. And Tortorella was, was very frank about him when asked about him uh, the other day. It was like, you know, his minutes have been up and down. You, you guys, his plays went up and down. You guys notice that where I put him in the lineup. Like sometimes he has Paling as a third line center and Lawton as a fourth line center, which is kind of infuriating to me because Paling doesn't have many, many puck skills. But, you know, the speed's there. And, you know, Tortorella said, I think earlier this week, late last week, that, you know, if something comes up, you know, we're going to pull the trigger. If we get a good young asset for, for a player now, we, we can't lose. Uh, focus can't lose sight of what we're doing here in, in the long term. So I think, you know, he's talking about guys like Lawton, guys like Konechny. Like if people come, maybe even like Ristolainen, like if, if people come calling and, and they come calling with a good offer, like you, you can't salvage, you can't focus on making the playoffs this year 
because that that you're going to get playoff experience is important, obviously, but you're going to get bounced in the first round unless Urson goes on a run and like you're going to have a first round pick for her first round pick. Yeah, it, it, it's it, they can't play for the playoffs this year because they're not they're not important this year. They're not no. important this year. They're not going to go anywhere. It's not going to make that big of a difference in anybody's development if they play. 86 games instead of 82 mm-hmm. like it's just not going to make that much of a difference yeah and they're and they're going to be playing playoff like games the rest of the way as, until they're out of the contention the schedule's They've been pl- hard playoff like games yeah yeah so yeah so th- that's the thing and also going back to wrist line and like if you do retain salary on him they already have retained salary on hayes through 2026 so that's two years after this year and wrist line and signed for three years after this one so I don't know if you would have to take back a, a bad contract that's long, maybe a, a two or three year contract, but yeah, you can only have three retained salary spots. Ristolainen would, would take up a second one for the next uh, two two years after this one, and then the first year of when Michkov comes over, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Like I would rather have that than have Ristolainen at five million that year, though. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Um, yeah, uh, another guy here who's been in rumors. Uh, I don't even know if you have any thoughts on this man whatsoever, if you know how well he's playing, but Nick Sealer, who is like, you think of Nick Sealer, you think he's okay as a seventh defenseman, whatever, but he's become honestly one of my favorite flyers to watch. He's, he's, he's a hundred percent effort every shift. He'll stand in front of anyone shooting the puck. He's uh, somebody that he's somebody that teams should want in the playoffs for playoff hockey, just like Lawton for, with, with Lawton. Like, yeah, he's, he's a center. He, he's a great penalty killer. He'll block shots. He'll do the right thing. He'll play wherever you ask him to. So like I could see them moving Lawton and Sealer together. I mentioned that as like a really, really poor man's Orloff and Hathaway that went from Capitals to Bru- Bruins last year. But Sealer, apparently they're leaning towards re-signing him now, which I guess kind of makes sense because you're not going to get much more than a fourth or a fifth round pick for sealer straight up. But I've also been banging the drum of trade sealer and Walker together. Walker should get a first round pick add in sealer. Maybe you get a better roster player back. Maybe you get another third round pick instead of getting a, a fourth or fifth if you trade sealer alone. So I don't know if you have any, any thoughts on Nick sealer. I do. I like Nick Sealer. I like watching him play. I'm right on board with you. Like he's just, he's fun to watch. If they extend him, he's not going to be fun for me to watch anymore. I don't, I like Nick Sealer. I don't want him to continue to be around. I think it would be cool if they, I think a package deal would be really cool. Sean Walker's a good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think you know package package Lawton, Walker, and Sealer to the Leafs. The Leafs need need center depth now. They have some injuries. They need defense. Send them up to Toronto if, if they're willing to send trade send us a William Nylander. They don't need him anyway. Well, we don't we don't have Phil Myers any, anymore, so I don't think oh, I don't know if we can right, get right, right. William Nylander for him. But you know, maybe Zamula Zamula is a tall guy. Wears number five as well, so maybe you can do. Oh, that, that they won't there. even know. Yeah, they won't even know there. They won't even know. Um, did we talk about trading Morgan Frost or just talk about just Morgan Frost in general? I think we just talked about Morgan Frost in general. Um, I, I don't, what kind of market is there for Morgan Frost? That's the question that I have. Yeah. It would be like probably like a a change of scenery, you know, quote unquote hockey trade that, that they make that they probably get back. Maybe, maybe they trade Walker and then they trade Frost for like a a young defenseman to, to take that slot. Or they trade him as a part of a package, but 
Yeah, I don't know what the price for him would be. I was surprised to see him on the trade bait board last week. He's still on there th- this week. So, I mean, to me, that seems more like an offseason deal. I know I'm saying that a lot about these players that that have contracts. But, you know, if if Ottawa wants to make a deal in, in season, I could see him, him being someone that goes up to Ottawa and they get back somebody. But, yeah, I don't know. Like if you traded him for a draft pick, like I don't know if you would get a first. I don't know if you would get multiple draft picks. I, I have no idea what what the temperature for Frost is around the league. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and I'm I'm just thinking. I'm thinking out loud. So he's proven himself to be an NHL player. So his value right now is probably higher than it's been in previous years. Although in previous years he did have like the shiny coat of paint. Like we don't actually know what he is at the NHL level because he's still a prospect, but now we kind of know. Um, that's an interesting, that's an interesting question. Um, I would trade him, but that's because I'm really sick of, of <laughs> hearing what is Morgan Frost? What isn't Morgan Frost? Um, but if the, ret- I mean, if the return is there, dump him for sure sorry sorry morgan i'm sure you're a very nice man yeah i've i've enjoyed watching him play over the past few weeks and since he had that meeting with torts but and but yeah you said it like it's his his potential is kind of being shown now you know maybe he has he has more of it if he plays consistently with with top line mates but i mean his i kind of take his second half of last season with a grain of salt because he was playing in not meaningful games. Like he, and no one cared about playing the flyers. So he was putting up points when the games didn't matter. And, you know, he's been okay this year, but we talked about it before, like this probably is what he is a third line center on, on a decent team, maybe a second line center on a, on a bad team. And then yep. maybe a third line winger on like a cup contender. Like he's, he's somebody that I think the flyers should look to trade for a, a young defenseman if they can, because we talked about that, how they have, you know, Kate's coming up, they have Forster who they could move to center. They have these moving pieces offensively and they have, you know, you want to get more young roster defensemen. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, make room for some of the, some of the other kids. I I'm totally fine with trading Morgan Frost. That's not, that's not one that you're going to get a lot of argument from me about. Yeah, but I also see like not getting. I I want to see what some of these phantoms defensemen can do in in the NHL. I know we've seen uh, Ronnie Adderd, Ronnie Adderd a bit last year. I forgot we saw Emil Andre this year a little bit. Um, but like Helge Grand is down there, Victor Mete. Like th- these people, these, these players. I don't know what to I make of him. Yeah, Victor Mete. Yeah, I I want to bring, bring. I'm I'm planning on bringing Maddie on soon to see get some uh, phantoms defensemen rundowns here. But you know, I I just want to see him at at the NHL level, and because we're seeing that now with Samula finally getting that chance to play consistent minutes. And, you know, he's been very up and down, but he's when is when he's up, he's up, he's, he's playing well. And I, I enjoy watching him as, as a fellow skinny giraffe. I, I feel like he's kind of me out there on the ice. So the two that, of you, I just want to force feed you brownies and cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh yes. But yeah, like, <laughs> but also the thing with Samula is like, you want him to play with, a veteran. You don't want him on the third pair with like a Ronnie Adder or someone they bring up. So it's a, it's a tough puzzle there they have on defense. Yeah, totally. Um, but I think in Travis Sandheim coming into his own over the past couple of years has really made a difference. Cam York just 
being the guy that we thought he was going to be has made a huge difference. And even if, even if Risto sticks around, like he's still a veteran presence. Like he's still, he's good enough to be on the ice some of the time. Yeah. The thing about Risto is like, as we saw when the Flyers traded for him, there's always going to be some sort of market for a big right-handed defenseman. Maybe not necessarily a a 13th overall pick like the Flyers gave for him, but maybe a late first round pick or or multiple seconds and thirds or something like he's someone that I guess I shouldn't be too worried about him clogging up cap space when when Mitch comes over because either he can be a a solid bottom four guy or he can be moved for for something, uh, some assets. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at too with Risto. Like it's it's fine. He's yeah, fine. It's it's not agitating to see him on the ice anymore. So yes, we, we had that for with McDonald for a while. We had that with Ristolainen for a while. So having like there's no one on the Flyers that you see on the ice and you're like, oh, why why is he out there? Like even even Hathaway has been good. Delorier is getting there for me because everyone's just just scared to fight him anyway. So there's no yeah. point of having him out there. <laughs> But yeah. especially when they're going 11 forwards, like I don't want Delorier to be one of the 11 because then you're really, really going with don't. 10. And then if someone gets hurt or if someone's in the box, you're down to nine. It's it's, it's not good. We don't need that. We don't need that in no. our lives. No. no. Uh, one, one more player here I want to ask you about. Uh, Owen Tippett has really become a star for the Flyers our here. Dude. Our dude. Our, our guy. Got him back. Got him in the Claude Giroux trade. See, you know, it was kind of just a, probably a throw in for the Panthers. He did not pan out. In Florida, so, you know, and he came here. Had a good year last year, 20, 27 goals. He's uh, eighteen goals in forty seven games this year. Had a few beautiful goals, including that uh, Spinarama one. So, what do you think uh, Owen Tippett's ceiling is? I have been so impressed with Owen Tippett since he got here. Like since the Claude Giroux trade, um, I remember the Owen Tippett draft, and everyone really thought like he was going to be a flyer because of how orange his hair was, and it just seemed like that was the best fit. Um, I think we even wanted him for a little while. Um, if I, I very vague memories, but I've been just so impressed with what he's been able to do since he's been with the Flyers. Um, that the Spinorama goal, I've watched it so many times. Um, just so good. Um, I think his ceiling could easily be top line. Like, no, I don't think there's a question there. I think that he could easily Mm -hmm. be a top line winger. Um, he's so, and he's still, he's so fast. He's so fast. And he's still young too. Right. Am I thinking mid twenties? 25 next Friday. See, I thought that he was a, a year older. So even that's even better. More of a yeah. surprise. Good job, Tippett. Mm-hmm. I the the extension I think was awesome. Everything everything about Owen Tippett since the day he got here has been perfect. The vibes have been pristine. I, I just want to keep it rolling with him. Yeah, I mean, and the Flyers clearly did too, locking him up to that that's gonna be a, a steal of a contract. What it was it's at yeah. um well, this year he is making 1.5 and then 6.2 for the next until 2032. 6.2 for seven, eight years. I mean, that's going to be that's an a absolute good contract. steal. I mean, it's not quite as good as the Farabee 5 million. He's been great too. We haven't even mentioned him. He's bounced back from my son from, from that neck surgery. Yes, yes, your son. And yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, and that Konechny contract is 5.5 million. He'll probably get, you know, eight plus million as on his next next contract. It seems like the flyers want to re up him. I think he's eligible July 1st. So I'm hoping that happens with, uh, then you have connect me. And 
I don't know if Konechny and Tippett can play. They have played on the top line together with Couturier. I don't know if that'd be better to split them up eventually when the Flyers are actually contending, but, you know, having those options are, are fantastic. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense to split them up if you've got the center strength to do so, which they say they don't right now. They don't. They don't. They, they, they don't. really don't. I, don't. I was trying to be really generous. They just don't. <laughs> they don't. No, they, but they they're have, having fun, and that's what matters. Yeah, they have like three or four solid, solid centers. Like Couturier is in 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 the conversation for the Selkie kind of. I saw he he got, got some recognition. Noah Cates, nice. we both love. Yep. Um, Ryan Paling, I think he's just the fourth line center for the next two years. I I love that. I think he's him. really good. Uh, I've been on impressed with contract. him too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but they they don't have someone that's even like. Like, I don't know what Katori would be on a Stanley Cup contender, like if he would be a second line center or a third line center. I probably second line, but it depend, depends on the, on the team. Because he came back strong. He came back mm-hmm. strong this season. So I, I could see him being a second line center on a, on a cup contender. Yeah, yeah, he's holding his own. He's been able yeah. to hold his own against some, some tough opponents here. Um, all right, I got a quick word association for you. It's just uh, t- top of your head. What do you got? All I'm right, so here fun. we go. I, I'm we so go. fun is what I just said. We're so, already so off to a great start. All right. Uh Danny Breer. Hair. Hair. Okay. Uh John Tortorella. Well, I, I what who'd you say? Torts. Oh, horses. Horses. Remember when he got kicked in the face? I remember like, when that, he got kicked in the like, face. That was like the big, big flyer story of, of was it last season, I guess? Yeah, because he was. Yeah, that, it was, it was last, last year, year. Last year was Because I did year. a thorough analysis on horses have really, really good control of their limbs. So that was just a horse with a front paw saying, leave me alone. And I think he confirmed it a couple days later that he was just like, he was annoying the horse and he wanted, yeah. it was telling him to go away. Horses uh, have really good control over all of their limbs. If they want to kick you and they want to hurt you, they're they're going to do it. If it any of you an find accident. yourself around horses, the safest zone is as close to them as possible. But you don't want to do that either. No, just 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 stay away. Stay stay away if you if you don't know how to how to handle horses. Healthy respect and fear of all <laughs> flight animals. Yeah. Um, Owen Tippett. Gritty. Okay, uh, Konechny. So this one, I think of a colander, a spaghetti colander, because at one point in time, at one point in time, Travis Konechny and Travis Sanheim lived together, and they didn't know that their furnished oh. apartment didn't come with pots and pans. And I have this mental picture of Travis Konechny holding just like raw spaghetti underneath running hot water. And and that's how he's cooking his spaghetti. Um, It's, this is a really bad game to play with me, I think. (laughs) Uh, Only a few more here. Uh, Drysdale. Anaheim is all I got for Drysdale. And then Sam Urson. I don't have anything for Urson. It's not fun. I know. No, that one's like, I just have like a waffle board. Like it's nothing. Yeah. I don't have anything. I mean, yeah. Urson, I don't think any, I don't think Urson really has any definable characteristics yet. Like, like, like no, he doesn't have any lore yet. No, we we need some Samuel Urson lore. We definitely do. Cause like these other players, like, you you know, uh, you know enough about them. Like way too much about them. I'm looking up Samuel Urson now. Like, is there something. Is there something that I can 
come up with quick. I've got nothing. I've got absolutely nothing. Only thing I was thinking was uh, was cucumber because he, he's cool, calm, and collected. So Ooh, love that. that. Okay. Um, all right, Steph. Uh, any other flyers, points, uh, flyers, thoughts going around in your head of yours? There, or are you uh, kind of out of them here? Um, I've got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts about the flyers. Um, but right now, I think relief. This it's such a weird feeling to be feeling relief that we can like we can move forward now. Does that make sense? Like with mm-hmm. with the rulings of Hockey Canada, like we can breathe a little bit and now we can move forward. And that's how I'm looking after, like especially after the All-Star break, like this is, all right, this is the beginning again. Like we're, this is, we're moving forward. This is the team that it's going to be. And like, let's just, let's just have fun in this last push. Yeah, no, that that makes complete sense. Relief. It's like it's like there was a, a a gray cloud hanging over. You were just waiting for it to rain. You, you know it was coming. You know it was, it was coming. coming. And like and the anticipation was almost worse than than what actually came down. Like based on based yeah. on what was what was going around. So that that does definitely uh, definitely make sense there. Uh, do you think the Flyers make the playoffs? No. 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 Um, but because I say that, probably. I, they're got, just yeah. the schedule's so hard for the remaining two months. It's so hard. Yeah, the schedule's hard. I just don't. I just think the Metro's so shit. I I I, I don't want the Penguins to take them over. Uh, I know Jack Ugh. Hughes is Jack Hughes is back tonight for the Devils. Maybe yeah. they can go on around, but their goaltending's awful. It's just I don't know. I I, no, I think they can. Wait, who's even good in the Metro right now? The Rain, Rangers and and Carolina and are top two. And yeah. then it's the Flyers, the, the, the Islanders have a bunch of fucking loser points, Penguins, The Devils. Islanders are going to be real bad for yeah. the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, and like, it's going to get to the point where like, okay, do you want to just make the playoffs and, and get that experience? Or do you want yeah. that answer at, at the top pick? And, you know, hopefully they sell enough at the deadline where missing the playoffs is understandable. Yeah. That's a- I think that's that's what I'm hoping for. I don't think they're going to make it. I don't want them to make it. I think it's totally fine to not have a, an NHL playoff berth for the Flyers this year. It's going to make them stronger in the long run. Yeah, and I think even if they do make it, I keep thinking back to 2018 when they made it and got just blown out by the Penguins in that game. And like, It was good to get those guys' experience, but I feel like the Flyers thought they were ahead of where they were on their timeline and they kind of rushed that. Then they ended up signing JVR to that that bad contract. But I know that this regime won't do that. I know Tortorella, Briere, and and uh, Keith Jones have been very transparent about, you know, they have this plan. The timeline is pretty much set with, with Mitchkov. So, like, they're not going to you know rush things. Yeah. I, I also think it's so interesting. We mentioned you mentioned it earlier in the show that Tortorella has has been gaining more presence in the front office, and I think that was always the end goal here. I think that he was always going to be around for a while. Yeah, and we've seen that with Barry Trotz down in down in Nashville now. So maybe that could be a, a new pipeline for 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 the coaches, so that, so teams can just recycle the same hockey men over and over. You know, why need thirty when you can only have fifteen? Yes, exactly. Um, all right, Steph, this is a good hour here. Good hour of Flyers talk. You, you came in I saying so you don't worried. know it's going to be short. Yeah, come on. 
you're, you're you always have something to say about about these players. That's true. That's yeah. true. Um. So for my job as the director of hockey ops for the Daytona Beach Anglers, I'm looking for a coach. It is a 50 game season starting in October. You do not have to live in Florida. If you're interested in coaching, reach out to me. There you go. I mean, I mean, you don't have to live in Florida. You can coach remotely. Um, or or you, yes. you will be located in Florida for the season. For the season, yeah. Okay. What and and when is is this a summer league? Is this going to be in the fall? What, what, how it is long? October to April, I believe, or March. Um, and we're starting with our tryouts with our, um, our draft is starting in March and April. So we've got a lot coming up really fast. Um, and I'm super excited. Yeah, that, that's very exciting. It should be, uh, should be a good time. Yes. So if you're in Florida and, or you've coached a hockey team and don't hate Florida, reach <laughs> out to me, the beach yeah. anglers are looking for a coach. Yeah. Go, go live down in Daytona for a little bit, you know, be a, be a snowbird down there, October, October to March, avoid the, because it's not, we don't get snow up here anymore. It's just avoid the thirties and rain every week. There's a, you know, there's worse places to be. Not worse many, but there's worse. Be. I'm so I'm in Georgia and we got the Arctic blast that you guys got. We got it too. But it was basically we had Philadelphia weather for a week, and now we're back to the fifties. Yeah, uh, I think we were in the fifties today. Currently, currently fifty one. So yeah, this is this is a, a good it's little, the same good little taste of spring. Yeah, it's the same climate. We live in the yeah. same place. Um, all right, Steph. Where can people find you? Um, I'm kind of on Twitter a couple times a week. You can or it's X now. I'm still at Stephalicious D. I'm at Stephalicious D everywhere. Um, Instagram, Blue Sky, Mastodon, everywhere that you can have an at. I am Stephalicious D. Um, and then look for me occasionally on Broad Street Hockey. I am in the Broad Street Hockey Discord. I am there to talk to you at all times. So definitely hit me up on there because I've got some crazy shit that I'm ready to talk about at a moment's notice. Nice. Yeah. I, I was going to ask if you're on blue. I, I, I want to get like a, like a flyers blue sky going now that it's open to the public. Cause, cause Twitter is we, just we should. accessible. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I am Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at our Gilbert SOP uh, until next time. See ya. See ya.